It's Friday night. It's 95 degrees outside. And all those who say it's too hot to come to church don't realize our air conditioner works. I think it does anyway. But anyways, glad to have all of you here tonight. Glad to have Brother Lonnie with us. and uh, They've been in the uh, uh, youth camp. And uh, so uh, just getting back from that and then coming up here and, and stuff. So he's a little tired, but he's not afraid. And so I'm thankful for that. And glad tonight to be able to say the Arkansas State is abortion-free. I tell you something else. And I, I don't mean to get too far into no, this, but you know what? I never seen where you saved a life, you was destroying every life. But if you turn your news on tonight, this is the worst thing that ever happened to this country, and from now on, everybody's health care is in a mess. Brother Gary, I don't get that. I really don't get that. What a wonderful mess. But I will tell you this, and you can mark it down. Me and Brother Lonnie's talking about this too. Just when we step forward doing things for God, and, and, and they don't even think about this being for God, but you start holding up things, principles of God, you better look out, church, because the devil's coming. He's coming hard. And I'm going to tell you something else. He's got a lot of folks coming with him. This is not a simple abortion or not abortion. This is morality. This is Bible-based principles. And you better be sure the devil is mad. And as such, look out. But I'll say this. The Bible tells me to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for I know as much that my labor is not in vain. Now, you say you change that. Now, listen. He said, for you know as much your labor is not in vain. And I'm just declaring tonight, I'm not working in vain when I stand up for God. But I am in vain if I just stand up for nothing. And I'll just tell you, they're standing on nothing tonight. And the Bible tells us that. But anyways, be praying hard. I'm thankful and grateful that when it was leaked out that it, that it didn't cause the justices to change their mind. But now I will say this. They left it up to the states. And it's up to us as the citizens of the state of Arkansas to do our best to make sure it stays where it is. All right? I'm, on, I'm off. I ain't even on a soapbox. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Stand with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Pray one for another. Pray for Brother Lonnie. And I'll tell you, just pray that God will have his way in our service, have his way in our hearts, and will have his way in the hearts of others. Because I know that God wants to work great and wonderful things. We just got to let him. It's us who stop it from happening. Brother Shirley, will you open us tonight in prayer? be seated this evening. 
didn't make Zach get prepared, but tomorrow Zach's going to be leading the song service, so I'm just warning you now. Uh, I'd like to, well, yes, I'll live in glory. Where's that card? Yes, I'll live in glory. <laughs> yes, I'll live in glory, but I can't remember. can't read my I'm glad I'm going to that land where the soul never dies. Going up there.
want to see him. Dark back. 
glad he gave his lifeblood for you and me. You know, it'd been an awful lonely thing if he just wanted to save one person. He was willing to save all those who'd come unto him. I'm so thankful for that tonight. I love the Lord. Glad to be in his house. If you can't tell, uh, we got down here last night and uh, went and visited with Kayla and Marshall and Jody because Jacob was uh, at work. And then we got in a little late. And so we went to bed and we got up a little early. And, uh, you know, just been having a good time down here. Didn't uh, do a whole lot today. Uh, just took it easy. But work wouldn't leave me alone. I'm just telling you right now, they call me all day long. But anyways, you say, brother, what are you saying? I'm just saying it felt good to be close to the house of God, even with all that going on. And I'm just thankful today what we know and uh, who we know. And I know God's in control no matter what, church, no matter what. And so thankful for that tonight. Anybody got a testimony? You got a song tonight, sis? Come right ahead. Our sister's coming. Anybody got a testimony? I do. Go ahead, brother. I'm just thankful to God for being able to do it. And I'm just thankful to God for doing it even for me. It's not like these lawyers they have today. But they can be bought off. Mm-hmm. I've got nothing. Mm-hmm. I praise God for that. And I thank God that every day I get out of bed that I'm able to get out of bed. I had somebody the other day say something. Said, Tyler, this morning I said, hey,
glad tonight that I have a home. You know, I was just thinking about that, how that the Bible seems to get away when we think of death. We think of death as when we die. But death is not when this body dies. Death is when you're separated from God. Amen. And think about it. That is the second death. When you're separated from God. This, you're going to live. Your soul's going to be alive. You're going to have a new body. It's either prepared and gone to heaven or it's prepared and gone to hell. That's the two places you're going. But, but here's the deal. We think of death when this body dies. But death is really separation from God. And I'm glad to say tonight I have a home. Anybody else, anything on anybody's heart before we go on? I don't want to hinder the spirit because I want Brother Lonnie to be able to preach with freedom. All right. If you would stand with us tonight. I'm glad to have Brother Lonnie Burks with us. Brother Lonnie, known him for I don't know how many years now, but got to know him better over the last about 10 years, I guess, going over to Oak Range or the revival services they had, the camp meeting they had, that go from Wednesday evening through Sunday morning, and uh, you talk about undertaking. Now, they'd start on Wednesday night, they'd have a tent outside, they would feed you breakfast, lunch, dinner, and sometimes, you know, you get a snack in between there, but they that, that they just worked that all the way through there. Now, Brother Lonnie retired and started preaching. <laughs> <laughs> After being, being at Oak Range for so long, and uh, so, but uh, glad to have Brother Lonnie back with us tonight. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer and pray for Brother Lonnie. Brother Gary, will you lead us in prayer for Brother Lonnie? Good evening, I greet you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's so good to be back with you. I've just been excited about getting to come back and preach for you down here. See, my roots go a long ways back here. I used to preach when Rupert Pixley was the pastor. Several revivals for him, and uh, then even Bill Gallagher, now Brother Ernie. And uh, it's just good to be back with you for sure. I appreciate that. I do really covet your prayers now. You, this may not mean anything to you unless you're a preacher. I have taught Bible at our youth camp probably for over 25 years, 12 to 14-year-old boys. And they ask me to keep asking me to come back and teach them. And uh, I've been doing that. But boy, this week, I don't know what happened for sure. But some of those fellows had the air conditioner cranked low. And I would wake up during the night cold and shivering. Then it'd get hot in the daytime. And I'd begin to feel something coming on, my eyes watering, nose watering, and all of that. And so uh, I've kind of come down with something, but I want to do my best with Jesus. If you'll pray real hard, God really do and help for sure. All right. So good to be with you tonight. Thank you for being here. It's a privilege and an honor for me to stand in the pulpit and to preach the word of God. 
I'm going to preach probably the simplest sermon you just about ever heard. But I want this sermon tonight to be a faith-building sermon. I want it to say something to our hearts that will strengthen us and help us to believe God. Would you take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14 of the book of Ephesians now, chapter 3, verse 14. Now you will notice as I read this that Apostle Paul is praying. We don't often think of Apostle Paul as being such a great man of prayer as he was. But as you read his epistles, you'll find Paul fervently engaged in prayer again and again. And I think there would be a lesson for us tonight to learn from that. That the great Apostle Paul saw and felt such a need for prayer. How much more should you and I tonight feel that need of prayer? Okay, trusting you've turned there now, let's begin reading verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Please notice in verse 20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding, that means to go beyond, or abundantly, more than enough, and above all that we'd ever ask or think. Now notice that, according to the power that worketh in us. I'm just going to take a part of that verse and preach to you tonight and say it like this. He is able. Did you catch that? He is able. I mean, you know that it seems like America's gone crazy. And it seems like common sense has been thrown out the door and things are going on and happening that is not even sensible to humanity. But I want you to know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, ever, and he is still able in this hour, number one, to save. Right. To save. That's going to be my first point then I'm going to tell you that he is able to keep you from falling. Right. And then I want to tell you that he's able to present you faultless before the Lord God at his coming. Let's pray over the word. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful tonight 
for God to be back in this pulpit and to be back with Brother Ernie and these precious people. And you understand all about my physical being tonight. But God, you made me. And Lord, I belong to you. And I've read your word and I come to give your word out tonight. So would you please just help me. And Lord, would you anoint me mightily. Bless in a great way, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. I pray this in your precious name. Amen and amen. Well, I forgot all about having my phone in my pocket. Turn it off for me, please, sir. That's the guy that I'm doing the house for. Yeah, I got the whistle. Well, I tell you, those things are the biggest blessing and the biggest nuisance one or the other in the world, aren't they? Now you got it all? Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I'm really batting 100 tonight, aren't I? Getting off to a great start. Maybe God really wants to do something, Brother Ernie. Uh, maybe God really wants to do something. He knew all about that I was going to have a cold when this meeting comes. And uh, if you're wondering about the phone call, he's a precious Christian man that I'm remodeling this house for. I was telling Brother Ernie uh, about uh, he calling just right before church, and there's been a mix-up on the window somewhere. And uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, things just aren't like they used to be. It doesn't seem like if it can go wrong, it will seem like. Okay, number one, he is able. First of all, I want to tell you tonight, for you that have prayed so fervently and have prayed for so long for some loved one, I'm just curious, how many of you have been praying a long time for somebody that's out in sin and lost? I have, and I've carried them on my heart every day of my life, and I seek God for them. Do you ever reach a place and think, I wonder if they're ever going to get saved? Now, I'm the only one that ever thinks that way. But I've prayed for folks for so long and sought God for them and sought God for them that I actually before had a thought, I don't know if you're ever going to get saved. Then God spoke to my heart one time, and he said, if you doubt that I can save, look around you at whom he has saved. There was one time every one of us were sinners, lost and undone, and away from God, out of his will. But in love and mercy, he sent the power of the Holy Spirit down upon us, convicted us of sin, and caused us to realize we were lost and we repented and were born again. Let me tell you. That's something to rejoice in tonight, to know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
And when you get to wondering, are they ever going to get saved? Just look up there and say, he saved Ernie Imbler. He saved Brother Gary. He saved Lonnie. And I want to tell you, if there's anybody in the world that didn't deserve to be saved, I didn't. But I got news for you, you're in the same boat, right? But God in love and mercy <coughs> reached down to save us. Who said this? Apostle Paul said it. Apostle Paul himself said that he is able to save to the uttermost. He said, I'm a sinner and I'm chief of sinners. From his fingers has dripped the martyr's blood. He's persecuted the church of Jesus Christ. He's done all he could to destroy it. But now Paul writes and says, he's able. He's able to save. He's able to save. So, neighbor, take courage with the fact that God's able to save your loved one. You keep ringing the bells of heaven. You keep wearing their name out before God. Because in an instant of time, the Holy Spirit could come and literally ignite their heart. And they be born again and be saved. I tell you, I like nothing better in life than to see people saved. Would you say amen? Nothing does me any better than to see someone saved. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I want to tell you, if you want to make heaven happy, you lead someone to Christ and heaven will rejoice. (coughs) Jesus Christ came to this world to seek and to save. Now he's seated at the right hand of the Father and lives forever. And you know what he lives for? To save Brother Ernie. I just got to tell you about this. I pastored in Bixby, Oklahoma several, several long years ago. God was moving and blessing in our church in a tremendous way. And crowds were coming and folks were being saved. And our Sunday school teacher got this sister of hers to come to church. Her name was Tula. You know what Tula had always done? She was a barmaid of that old And Tula began to sob and sit with her sister. One Sunday morning, the power of the Holy Ghost come on. And Tula fell under intense conviction and came down there to the altar on that side, kneeled down and rose up the power of God. <coughs> People were so astonished. Those that had lived in the community and had known her, they just couldn't believe. I'll never forget the lady that came in one time, sat down back there, and she said, that I would not let the revival preaching get us in the way of the pastoring. 
And so it grew to the place that I was being called for revival so much that I finally told him, I said, okay, I'm going to resign and I'm going to just preach revivals. I told you I wouldn't. Well, I was trying to get a house ready back here in Arkansas, Arkansas, my home state for Connie and the boys, and trying to get a travel trailer ready, close the ministry there. Guess who come to see Miss Tudor? And she said, Brother Lottie, I know you're busy. I know you've got all these revivals to preach. And I know you've got all of these things to do, get your house ready for Connie and all of those things. But she said, Brother Lottie, there's a man down here in the nursing home that's got cancer. And I'm afraid he's going to die. And I'm afraid if he dies, his blood is going to be upon my head. She probably, Brother Ernie, sold him alcohol in his life. Would you please, she said, go with me to talk to him. And I said, I will, Sheila. (coughs) I said a time that I would meet her in the front of the nursing home there. On that appointed day and that time I drove up and there stood Tudor waiting. She said, he's back here, Brother Lonnie. And so I followed her down the hall from the western corner of that nursing home, walked in there, and there was a little man. Sure enough, just died. I took the word of God. I shared with him that blessed old message that Jesus Christ Save sinners. And this dear man listened intently. He prayed with me. And he asked Christ to come into his heart and into his life. <clears throat> well, Tula stood there weeping and crying. And when we started to leave his room, she said this. Do you think he's really saved, Lonnie? And I said, yes, Tula, I, I know he's saved. Then she said it again, Brother Lottie, there's a woman down here. And she's going to be dying soon, and I'm worried about her soul. Would you go down there and would you talk to her for me, Brother Lottie? And I went down there, and I go through it again. I gave them the gospel, and this dear lady laying there in bed, she began to weep and cry and pray and ask God to save her. I went back out in the hall. Tula stood at the door weeping. I said, Lonnie, do you think she got saved? She said, yes, Tula. I believe she did. I followed her out the door. I got in my car. She got in hers. She took off first, and I followed her down the road. And I looked down the road. Take it. He's able to save to the uttermost. 
it tonight. But a revival of real repentance and born-again experience would not take care of our situation. <coughs> Sometimes God has to remind me of this. He's able to save. He lives to save. I once heard a man cursing his wife out on the bus route on Saturday. He was threatening this little woman and her mother and all. I hate to hear somebody being cussed, don't you? And boy, it just flew all over me. I'd like to pick the two before up and straighten him up a little bit. But that isn't the way God works. <coughs> but the Holy Spirit generally takes the board to us, Brother Ernie. And when I got back in the van and started back toward the church, the Holy Spirit in that sweet way just said, he just needs to be saved, Lonnie. And tonight, whatever problem you brought in this circle, <coughs> you just need to be saved. Your loved ones just need to be saved. Never saw a time there's so much problem in home, out of home, in public, in society, wherever you look. There's problems. But a good, good experience of salvation would take care of. Now the next point that I'm going to, <coughs> and I really apologize, but this thing is way beyond me. I've prayed and took medicines and stuff trying to get ready and get over it, but God knows all about it. We Federal Baptists are Armenian in doctrine. We believe that in the probability of perseverance is the possibility of apostasy. We believe that if you'll keep the faith, the Lord will keep you. Amen? That's what we believe. We don't believe what some people say we do, that we get saved one day and backslide the next and get saved the next day and then backslide. And then, no, we don't believe that. They've got us numbered wrong. But I want to preach tonight and tell you that our doctrinal beliefs must be real careful that we do not cheapen the grace of God. I want to tell you that God's got all grace to save to the uttermost. <coughs> and I want to tell you, that he has just as much grace to keep you saved as he does to save you. You believe that? If he's able to save you from sin, he's able to keep you. And standing over the old word, the book of Jude said, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Now I've got three children, two grandchildren. And uh, there he is, our youngest one.
How many of you have experienced that grace guiding you along? It's been a wonderful thing, hasn't it? <coughs> in the book of Jude, verse 24, it said, Now and then him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Man, what a beautiful verse. What a beautiful verse. I was praying for him. He would not follow me around very long if he took his thoughts from me. And I have an idea if I followed you around, I'd take your thoughts from you too. But I want to tell you, if all of that takes us to four, a little four more walk down the aisle and a brush on in your Bible before the booming, beckoning voice of the imagine what it'd be like, what it's going to be like, that someday when I stand at the judgment seat of Christ, 
under a slender apartment before him. What a great thing. Amen. What a great thing to be able to stand there and be nothing between me and my God. Oh, my. Kids said, Brother Bob, we think Mama's going. And he said, Okay, I'll be there as quickly as I can. When he got there, Mama was testifying to him. And the teacher come down the aisle and he said, I heard you say that. Brother Bob took the hearing, took the hearing.
Father, tonight I pray in the name of Jesus that you would become so very, very important to us that we can see that you're able to do all things. And oh God, right now I pray and I ask you, dear Father, that you would speak to our hearts. And God, right now I've prayed so long some of my loved ones, and I want them to be saved so badly. I ask you to convict them deep with their sin stains. God, would you please bring them to know you, Lord Jesus? And oh God, right now in your precious name, I'm asking you this day, dear God, to please, if there's someone stumbling along, feel like they can't make it, they would just grip your hand and allow you guide them all the way home. Father, move in a special way right now. And God, may we rejoice in the fact that you're going to present us faultless. Present us. Oh, God. Thank you for what awaits us. We anticipate that in a great way. In your precious name, I pray. I'm just going to take my liberty here, but Ernie told me to. Here you got someone you really love. You really want to see them saved. Want to see them come to the Lord. Would you raise your hand? I want to ask you, would you walk the aisle for them tonight, kneel in these altars, and let heaven hear their name from you to God? Would you do that? You don't have